listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the news that Arsenal are interested in Yves Bissouma and have apparently made contact with his agent. We're going to be talking about uh, Julian Brandt's willingness to join the Gunners on loan. We're also going to be talking about the announcement that Rob Holding has signed a contract extension. I'll be giving you an update on the future of Socrates and we'll be discussing whatever it is that you guys decide uh, to put in the live chat throughout the broadcast. Um, let's say a big hello uh, to every single one of you joining us in the live chat. I can see there were a few of you waiting uh, as well for the stream to begin. So a big uh, thank you to you guys. I uh, hope all of you are well. I want to welcome uh, RW Talau and NB Gunafan uh, to the stream um, as uh, some of the early viewers. Uh, so, yeah, big hello to all of you. Hope you're all well. Um, right. Let's kick off with the announcement that Rob Holding has signed uh, a new long term contract with the Gunners. Now, we told you a couple of days ago that this was pretty much a done deal, that it was done, but we didn't have uh, all the information on it as of yet. We were going by a report from David Ornstein who confirmed that an agreement had been reached, but now uh, we have it confirmed by the football club. Rob Holding has signed a new long-term contract running until 2024 with an option for a further year. So what Arsenal have essentially done uh, is that they've added another year to Rob Holding's existing deal. His current deal was going to run out in 2023. So they've added another year up to 2024 and they've put that option for a further year in. They haven't specified it in in the article, understandably so, uh, but it feels as though Rob Holding is going to get a pay rise. Now, as I pointed out to you guys a few days ago, Rob Holding uh, was on significantly less money than some of his counterparts, some of his uh, colleagues in that central defensive area. Um, and, and of course, Holding was on less money than Renarsson. Um, which says it all. So Rob Holding um, gets his new contract, gets an extension and gets a pay rise. And I think actually, you know, he probably does deserve it. Um, I still don't think he's a world-class centre-half. I don't think he ever will be. But I think somebody like Rob Holding is a good squad player. He's a good influence on the dressing room. He's somebody that you'd like to have around the club uh, because he just seems like a nice guy and a professional guy. Um, and I know that doesn't count for everything in football, but I think he's somebody that Mikel uh, would like to keep around. Um, obviously, he's come back from a really bad knee injury a couple of years ago. It's taken him a bit of time, actually, to get back to his sort of peak um, form. But I think you can probably say that what we're seeing from Rob Holding now is as good as it's going to get. And I know that sounds like I'm being a bit sarcastic, a bit negative. I'm not. I I'm just saying that. Everybody knows what Rob Holding's uh, level is, um, having watched him for a number of years at the football club now. And I feel like he's hit that level now, um, as he has done previously. But now he's hit it for the first time, I would say, since he had that injury. So Rob Holding gets his contract. Let's see uh, what Edu and Mikel Arteta 
had to say on the matter, technical director Edu said. We are very happy to have signed Rob on a new contract extension. He's 25 years old, so he's still coming into the peak of his career and we'll be delighted and we are delighted, sorry, that he'll be with us during these important years. Rob has shown great great quality and maturity on and off the pitch in recent months and is developing well. We are looking forward to Rob continuing his progression in the years to come. Mikel Arteta added, since I started as manager, I've been hugely impressed with Rob's contribution to the club and the dressing room on and off the pitch. The quality of his work every day on the training pitches is excellent and he is translating this into consistently high performances in matches. We all know Rob's quality, which he has shown in his displays during the intense moments of those two FA Cup final victories. We're all very happy that Rob has signed a new contract. He's very popular with all the players and staff and we're looking forward to watching him continue to grow with us in the coming years. Now, of course, Rob Holding joined from Bottom Wanderers in July 2016. He's made 96 first-team appearances, of course, as mentioned there, uh, winning two FA Cup uh, FA Cup trophies along the way. Um, my probably favourite display from Rob Holding was that uh, 2017 FA Cup final win over Chelsea. That's what I will remember um, him for, I would say. Um, but yeah, look, it's um, it's, a, it's a decent signing. I'm, I'm pleased that we got it over the line, um, you know, because I think that he does add something. I, again, my understanding is that this is not a major contract in terms of finances, which obviously um, makes it a little bit more easier to do at a time like this. And, and probably given the terms that Rob would have been asking for, I'm sure they weren't astronomical. And that's why the club have felt that weighing up all of the sort of uh, the, the details of it, that actually it was worth uh, doing this deal. Um, big hello to everybody in the live chat. Going to come to some of your comments in just a moment. Uh, big hello to our members that are joining us at the moment, to the Somerset Guna um, and to Alejandro Ponce, who's just signed up to become a YouTube member while we're live. Alejandro, thank you so much, mate. Really, really appreciate uh, you signing up and supporting the podcast. If you wish to find out a little bit more about how you can uh, become a member and what it entails, um, how it all works, the tiers, click the link in the description uh, for more information on our membership scheme. It will take you to the page where you can check it all out. And from there, you can decide whether you feel uh, that you'd like to become a member or not. Also, if you want to get a bit of an understanding as to why it's being done, then go over to the YouTube channel, check out the video titled An Introduction to the Chronicles of Aguna Membership Scheme. I think it was posted on Saturday, so you should still be able to find it relatively easily. Um, and that'll give you some information as to why it's being done. But a massive thank you again uh, to Alejandro, of course. Um, right. Uh, big hello to uh, everybody else in the comments. Let's let's touch on what you guys are saying about the Rob Holding thing. I know we discussed it the other day, um, but you know the the confirmation is here now. We know it's done. Ashton Oliver says Holdini is here to stay. Um, Somerset Guna says he's got a bit of grit. Um, ben Taylor says Arsenal fans moaning about Holding not deserving a new contract but also moaning about players leaving the club for free. The club's acting how it should, protecting the value of their asset. Really good point. Um, really good point. That uh, Patrick says, I don't understand the people hating on holding. Uh, Patrick says he's decent, has potential. Um, what else uh, have we got here? 
Uh, NB Gunafan says, I wasn't for holding getting a new deal, to be honest, but saying that I understand the resale value aspect and the homegrown aspect. Saying that, though, I'll still get behind him. He's just hot and cold. Um, your your questions I'll come to uh, shortly, so hold fire on those. Uh, Zod Sinclair says, I was impressed with holding, sacrificing his hairline to defend the club. You can see Gabriel is the same type of player, same sacrifice, same fight, no running from shots, brave defenders and smart. Um, Alejandro asks, can I get a link for your Xhaka? I want some of that luck. Oh, the little figurine. I'll find it for you. Um, I'm sure it's on Amazon or something like that. Uh, but it was bought for me as a gift, but I'm sure I can find it for you, no problem. Um, Tofar says, we have about 10 plus other players. We need to focus on moving on before we think about if holding uh, should still be in the squad. Yeah, agree with that. Um, Crucial Assay says, love your videos because they're always insightful. Keep it up, bro. Thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate your support. Um Dan G123 says, I don't understand the holding hate. He looks a natural leader who doesn't crumble under pressure in the big games. Carrie says, does holding still mean that Lewis is on the bench? Well, it's interesting because David Lewis, of course, his contract at the club expires at the end of the season. So I think given what we're seeing, i.e. the fact that Gabriel is playing well, that Pablo Marie is playing well, um, that Rob Holding is playing well, that William Saliba will be returning to the club, that Omar Rekic has come in, although I'm not sure how much of a role he's going to play uh, just yet. Um, but I think taking all of that into consideration, plus the fact that David Lewis is, is getting on um, in terms of his age, I think that you will see uh, Rob, uh, sorry, David Lewis leave the club in the summer. And so Rob Holding is clearly viewed as someone who's a bit more for the longer term. And I would agree with that. You know, David Lewis, we're talking about someone who's not only getting on in age, but uh, there's been so many reports and rumbles and kind of rumours since Mikel Arteta took over about David Lewis and him, and maybe their relationship isn't quite uh, at the point it should be um, when you're talking about a senior player and his manager. So maybe um, that's played a part as well. And uh, Arsenal have decided that they'd rather uh, take a punt on Rob Holding uh, then have to go out and look for another centre-back to replace uh, David Lewis. You've also got to take into consideration the fact that Rob Holding appears to be first choice of the two now, uh, for the time being anyway, at least until he does something wrong. And I think over the last few weeks, he's persuaded uh, Mikel Arteta, who probably was going to move David Lewis on anyway, um, that he is somebody that can be relied on, that can be trusted Um and uh, and the club have taken that decision. Now, let's not forget that Rob Holding, uh, as we said on on, yes, on, the, on the discussion a few days ago, was close to leaving for Newcastle United on loan uh, at the end of the summer transfer window. But uh, Mikel Arteta made a U-turn on that, decided against it. And it's uh, obviously in his eyes worked out well. And uh, Rob Holding has proven his worth because as, we, as we've just said, uh, the new contract has been signed. That is done and that is dusted. A uh, big thank you to Freddie Owusu, who's just signed up as a member uh, during this uh, show. Freddie, thank you so much, mate. I can't uh, tell you how much I appreciate it. It really does help the channel. I've been truly overwhelmed with how many of you have signed up, and I hope to be bringing you more uh, content, better content going forward. Um, 
And I look forward to talking to loads of you in the Discord server and, of course, on our members' uh, streams as well. So, Freddie, thank you so much. That's two of you signed up during this show alone. We've only been going for 12 minutes. Thank you uh, so much uh, for your support. Right. Uh, let's move on to discuss what I think most of you are, are waiting for me to talk about, and that is Arsenal's reported interest in the Brighton midfielder, Yves Bissouma. Now, um, Arsenal are said to be interested in the player. Uh, contact has been made with the agent. Uh, a close relationship with uh, Gabriel. Sorry, contact has been made with the agent. He's said to have a close relationship with Gabriel from Lille. The player is apparently interested in joining the club, which obviously helps. But in order for Arsenal to do anything with regards to Bissouma, a deal will have to wait until the summer. That is the information that football.london uh, shared with us last night. Um, there's been a bit more uh, sort of doing the rounds about that in the last 12 hours or so. I've asked around about it uh, with a few people that I know to try and um, work out whether this was a genuine transfer rumour. You know, at this time of year, there is so much crap going around. It's not always easy to cipher out what is genuine and what isn't. But um, yeah, it seems that, that there could be some legs in this. It seems uh, like Yves Bissouma is somebody that Arsenal are contemplating making a move for in the summer. Um, let's have a look at um, let's have a look at uh, some of his stats so far this season. Uh, Sixteen appearances in the Premier League so far. He's got one goal. Not a stranger to a yellow card though is Yves Bissouma. He's picked up five yellow cards and one red card. Uh, so far this season, um, disciplinary issues are something that worries me. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of red cards for the Arsenal this season, which has been a bit of a problem. Um, but, you know, Yves Vizuma, he's one of those players that you, you look at the, the card record and you worry about it and you say, Jesus, we don't need another one of those. But that's what makes him the player he is, that the, the fact that he is so combative, willing to get stuck in, willing to go into duels all the time, willing to dominate uh, his area of the pitch, which is the midfield. Because of all of that, um, because of all of that, it's uh, it's understandable that he picks up the amount of, of cards uh, that he does. Let's look at some of his defensive stats in a little bit more detail. Um, tackles averages 3.1 per game. 0.9 uh, interception, so just under one. Does average 1.8 fouls a game, 1.8 clearances, not uh, many dribbles, and he averages 0.1 blocks. His average performance rating, and I'm, these stats are all from whoscored.com, so that's what I'm going by. Um, you know, th these stats uh, all add up to him having an average performance rating in the Premier League at the moment of 6.86 under 10. So it's just under seven uh, out of 10. And you've also got to consider that Eastwood Sumer is playing in the Brighton side that are struggling. Um, and I think that 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 should not be overlooked when when judging his individual performances. You know, how easy is it to stand out uh, in the side when they're, they're playing so poorly and so badly uh, as Brighton are and, and they look so fragile? I've been impressed with him every time I've seen him. I think he's a dirty git, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm not. Um, I'm not completely uh, against the idea of him coming to the club. As I said, he's someone that um, you know we know we know can be useful. How good is he, though? I mean, would he? 
would he come straight into the Arsenal team? Nah, not for me. Um, not for me. Because, as I've said before, he feels very similar um, to, to Thomas Partey in terms of his style. And so because of that, I don't think you can fit both of them into the side. I've said it time and time again. Lots of you would disagree with me. There's no doubt about that. Um, when I say that that Granit Xhaka is the, the right partner for Thomas Partey based on our current options, I think that that gives you the best balance. I'd like to see that partnership moving forward. Um, I like the idea of Bissouma. I think he's a good player. But I do think that he is quite similar to Thomas Partey in his style. So whether Mikel wants that, you know, a pivot of two similar players in terms of their attributes, um, kind of providing the basis from which a number 10 could go on and influence the game and create things, giving that bit of uh, mobility in the midfield that allows them to get wide and cover the fullbacks when they bomb on forward. I don't know. Um, I don't know what Mikel's plans are. Decent player, though. I'd like to have him at Arsenal if the price is right, um, but I'm not sure if he walks straight into into that midfield when everybody's fit. Having said that, we are going to lose um, Danny Ceballos at the end of the season. That's the most likely outcome. Um, still question marks over Genduzi Torreira. So it's still pretty much all up in the air uh, with regards to our midfield. But I'd take Bissouma. Um, but as I said, I'd only take Bissouma if the price is right. I won't take Bissouma uh, and wouldn't want to take Bissouma if it was going to be one of those crazy transfer fees that if that Premier League premium was going to be stuck on uh, to that transfer fee, because the, in which case I think there are plenty of players out there with the same physical profile of Bissouma that you could go out and get uh, for a lot cheaper. Um, another member joins us uh, during the show. A uh, big thank you to Andreas in Cyprus. Here he is. Andrea, thank you so much, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Um, Really appreciate your support, man. Honestly, thank you. Um, right. Let's see what you guys are saying in the live chat about Bissouma and or whether you would like to see him uh, come into the club. Apologies if I missed some of your comments. As I say, the chat box is constantly updating. Big hello to all our members that are with us at the moment. Um, Xander says he read that Gabriel is helping with the possible Bissouma transfer. Yeah. Um, that's that's what, what Football London are reporting. And that's what uh, someone I spoke to earlier said to me as well, that that relationship could be key in persuading him that Arsenal is the right place uh, for him to go. Uh, Cal Sandu says Arsenal should buy him now and loan him back to Brighton for the remainder of the season. In the summer, we have may have more competition from other clubs. Really good point. Um, and you're absolutely right to make that point. Um it's just whether Cal Arsenal can raise the funds to do that now um, and whether they see that position as a priority. Because if they can only raise limited funds, I think they'll probably look at other areas as, as a priority. And I'm talking about uh, most notably that creative midfield position. Uh, Talal says, Bissouma would be a great signing. I was really impressed with him when we played Brighton. And I honestly think he'd be an upgrade on Xhaka, who I think we should sell in the summer. Um Osman Ali says, I have an issue with calls for Bissouma. It's cowardly to play with two defensive-minded central midfielders. If we had Thomas Partey and, say, Pulgar, we would have defensive security without a trade-off in our attacking game. Um, are you talking about Eric Pulgar? Is that who you're looking at, the Chilean? 
Um, let me know. Let me know. Uh, just just to clarify that. Um, but yeah, interesting point. You know, would a lot of Arsenal fans be frustrated to see two really defensive midfield players in, in the centre of the park? I would argue that Thomas Partey is not necessarily a defensive midfield player. He's more of a box-to-box player. Bissouma is that little bit more defensive-minded, I agree. But if it was to provide Arsenal with a platform from which those forward players can go out and have a little bit more freedom, can go out and express themselves, then I wouldn't be against it. Um, you know, you look at Manchester United now as a prime example. You know, lots of people will question why, for example, Donny van der Beek doesn't get in the side and why McTominay plays and why Fred plays and why Matic plays from time to time. Well, it's because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has decided that if he picks that defensive-minded double pivot in the middle of the park, he can then give that license to the forward players to go on and do some serious damage. And it's working because Manchester United have a real opportunity um, to make a statement in the Premier League if they can go win at Burnley this evening. So, yeah, um, interesting point, though, of course. Um, Topher says, get Bissouma or any summer targets to sign a pre-agreement before the summer then Arsenal. If that's our primary signing, they should be done early in the window to get acclimatised to the club. Um, Big hello to Kangaroo. <laughs> great name. Uh, MB Guna fan says he'd be a great backup to Partey. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, Giovanni Bergantino, another one of our members. Hey, dear mate, says, I think you could play Thomas with Bissouma and Emil Smith-Rowe at the top of that midfield. Yeah, um, don't disagree with that. And that's the, kind of the point I'm making. If you go with Bissouma and you go with Partey, you're basically saying to whoever your number 10 is, whoever your third midfield player is, is go and do what you like. And you know that you've got that protection uh, behind you. But not only that protection in terms of their uh, positional play, you know that they've got that athleticism to help out as well. You know they've got the athleticism to provide a screen for the fullbacks if needed and to shift over, which is something that Granite Xhaka lacks, admittedly, when I talk about him playing in the midfield and I say that in my opinion he and, and Thomas Partey would be the right pairing I do acknowledge that he has faults I do acknowledge that he has shortcomings and I completely acknowledge that one of those is is his lack of athleticism Bissouma and, and Thomas Partey would certainly give you that but it's all hypothetical for now um, until Arsenal uh, can do something um you know, to, to make one of these deals happen. Uh, Harry Land, another one of our members, uh, makes a really good point. Uh, Bissouma is good, but does he complement Partey? Isn't the need for a more progressive centre midfielder greater? If we buy two centre midfielders, then happy days. But when Partey is back, I think we're pretty strong in centre midfield. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And you have to consider that, don't you? Does he complement the players around him? Often, you know, we're talking about... Often we're talking about players and, and and where they would fit in the side. One of the most important things is chemistry and, and ability obviously counts for a great deal, but obviously the chemistry has to be right, right as well. Sorry. In all great sides, there has been chemistry and, and that ability to complement each other. You know, we used to talk about Gilberto and Vieira, for example. Gilberto was very happy to just patrol in front of that back four, do the simple things, win the ball back and just give it left or right or square or whatever. And he was happy to do that. And that gave Patrick Vieira the license to break forward, to stride forward. And that's what he was so good at, the fact that he could get up and down the pitch. So often, you know, you look at certain partnerships and they may not even be the most technically gifted players of all time. 
I'm not saying that Gilberto and Vieira weren't, but the point I'm trying to make here is that if two players complement each other, that can be equally as powerful. And um, I would question whether Bissouma and Partey as a pairing would complement each other. As I said, my initial view, my initial thoughts is that they're quite similar. If he'd be coming in um, to be a backup uh, to to Bissouma, then I, I uh, sorry to Thomas Partey, then I wouldn't really have an issue with that. But for them to play together, don't, I'm not sure that would work. I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence about that. Um, let's uh, discuss uh, some other news um, that came out not long ago, actually, around about 20, 30 minutes ago. So it's not in the title. It's not in the description. I'll fix it afterwards. But basically, uh, some positive news has broken. And it's great to get some positive news uh, around Gabriel Martinelli. Now, of course, Gabriel Martinelli suffered an injury in the warm-up ahead of that game against Newcastle United in the FA Cup. Uh, he went down the tunnel, according to Mikel Arteta. He was in tears uh, and it didn't look good. Mikel Arteta's tune slightly changed the next day when he said that the players testing, um, uh, test, had tested better the following day, had a scan uh, yesterday. And we understand that Gabriel Martinelli's ankle injury is not very serious. He has progressed very well, should be back in training uh, in the next few days and could even be available as soon as that Newcastle game uh, in the Premier League on Monday. So that's brilliant news. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli's injury, not as bad as first feared. That's according uh, to reports from a number of outlets, one of them being The Guardian and one of them being Charles Watts, who you could say are, are, are very reliable. Uh, so brilliant, excellent stuff. Um, big hello to all of you in the chat, to the Republic of Arsenal. Just subscribe. Great show, Harry. Thank you so much. Uh, big hello to all the members uh, who are joining us on the live stream at the moment. Don't forget, if you want to become a member, we've had three of you sign up already live during this show, which is amazing. If you want to become a member of the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel, receive perks and support uh, the program, all you need to do is click on the link in the description uh, where it says click here to join the channel. It will take you to a page that tells you all about the different tiers of membership that we have, uh, what they entail, how it all works, um, and you can sign up and support the channel if you should so wish. As you can see in the live chat box at the moment, all of our members have a cool little icon next to their names so that we can uh, we can pick them out. Uh, Andreas uh, says, in every position, we need a proper competition. We don't need Basuma. We need a number 10 player and a goalkeeper. I agree um, that right now, those two areas that you've highlighted, uh, a number 10 and a goalkeeper, are the, the two most important positions for Arsenal right now in terms of the business that must be done urgently. I think we will need to recruit in the midfield come the summer. As I've already said, Danny Ceballos is likely uh, to leave the club. Um, you know, Matteo Genduzzi, what's going to happen with him? We don't know. Uh, Lucas Torreira is another one who could be sold. Uh, so we're going to have to kind of um, wait and see. Um you know what the what the deal is in terms of the future of those players I've just mentioned, but um, you know I agree with you that Bissouma is not is not a priority right now. Deal for the summer potentially, um, and that's what the report says ultimately that the interest is um, for the summer. Um, I'm going to address this question because it's a good one and I don't want to lose it, but I will ask you to put your questions in uh, in just a few minutes' time. But let's go to this one from uh, Russ. Um, 
Russ says, what do you think about Matt Ryan as a goalkeeping option, Harry? Uh, I'm not sure about this, uh, Russ. I, I, I really am not. Um, from what I've heard, and, and I might be completely off the mark on this, um, but why is my brain telling me that I've read something where Matt Ryan said he wants to return to Australia? I don't know why my brain's telling me that, um, but I have heard something along the lines of him wanting to go there. He's 28 years old, so he's still got plenty of life in him, um, Matt Ryan. Would he be an upgrade on, on Renarsson? Yeah, he probably would be, but that's not saying much, is it? You know, with all due respect um, to Renarsson, well, I think we can all agree that we've been a little bit underwhelmed by him. Obviously, uh, he was brought in from a, a team in the French League sort of floating around the bottom of the table. So perhaps we were wrong to have many expectations uh, for for the player, but it, it just doesn't feel like this is a deal that's worked out. Um, Mikel Arteta alluded to it yesterday in his press conference as well. He wasn't closing the door on Renarsson moving out. He made it clear that it feels as though Renarsson probably wasn't Arsenal's uh, first choice, but given the way Martinez moved on, the timing of it all, they felt that they had to act. They acted um, and, and probably acted in haste. So um, Matt Ryan, I'm not completely sold on. Look, I know he's available on a free transfer, if I'm not mistaken, at the end of the, the campaign, in which case he wouldn't be a bad signing to plug a gap for a while. But I still think that with, with Arsenal likely to be, well, you know, with Arsenal being as, as big a club as we are, which means that... Um, you know, we're going to take part in the FA Cup, normally go a fair way in that. The Carabao Cup, we, we normally get quite deep into that. You know, you hope that we'll be playing, if not Champions League, at least Europa League football next season. I think it's important that Arsenal have another goalkeeper that can step in and give Bern Leno a bit of a breather. Um, I know Mikel is very set on having just one number one and that being clear and perhaps that is why, uh, or it pretty much is why Emmy was, was desperate to leave in the end. But would someone like Matt Ryan come to the Emirates Stadium um, knowing that he's going to be a substitute goalkeeper? I think he would um, if the money was right, if the offer was right. Because whatever you say about Arsenal Football Club, whatever you say about where we currently are, whatever you think about the hierarchy, whatever you think about the manager and some of our players, this football club is still huge and still has a huge pull and a huge attraction uh, for uh, for players. So, yeah, uh, Matt Ryan's an option, but I would wait till the summer, I think. Um, you know, just kind of hope that Renarsson, if he is called upon, could do a job. Um, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit brave here in saying this, but again, it's, it's, it's the, I've got the same view on the number 10 thing. I'd rather not blow resource in January on panic buyers, and I'd rather do proper business, business that I believe to be with, with more of a view to the long term uh, than go and bring people in in January for the sake of it. Now, I know Arsenal will, will argue that whoever they bring in, it is with the view to the long term. But I just think the summer transfer window is a lot It's a lot easier um, to do to do good business in. Um, players' contracts expire as well, which obviously means that there will be free agents uh, on the market as well, which at a time like this is probably something um, that Arsenal might look to explore. So yeah, look, Ryan is not is not the worst option in the world, but I, 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 it depends on on what that deal means. You know, um, 
it, it depends on what that deal means financially, how it will affects um, our sort of future transfer plans. And if it's going to have any detrimental effect on that, then I don't want to see him come in. Um, but that, that's just my view. And I understand why there are a number of Arsenal fans out there that would actually be happy uh, to see somebody like Matt Ryan coming into the club. Um, guys, chuck your questions in the live chat. Come on, let's do the questions bit. Um, just got a quick update uh, on Socrates, which I'll just quickly give you whilst you, you put your questions in the live chat. So Socrates, who looked as though he was set for a move to Serie A, uh, to Genoa, uh, appears now, according to Sky in Italy, uh, to be closing in on a move to Real Betis in La Liga found this one a little bit strange. I've got to be honest, Socrates spent a significant period of time in Italy previously, understands the language. Not sure um, where these Betis rumours have come from, but they are quite strong at the moment. So uh, perhaps Socrates will be on his way to Spain rather than Italy. Um, in other news, I don't know if anybody saw it. This just made me laugh. I don't know if anybody's seen Jose Mourinho's press conference ahead of Spurs' game against Fulham. He just completely killed Mesa Ozil in it. Um, <laughs> Mesut Ozil during his Q&A for those of you who don't know yesterday um, was asked the question would he sign for Spurs and he said he would rather retire than sign in for Spurs and one of the reporters obviously trying to get a reaction out of Jose and, and to his credit he succeeded asked him um, what do you think about Mesut Ozil's comments that he'd rather retire than sign for Tottenham Hotspur and Jose Mourinho came out and said well, who said that Tottenham, who told him that Tottenham were interested in signing him? And he, you know, Jose said it with this, this face where he tried to keep this straight face, but you could see he just, he just literally wanted to crack into a smile, like, because he knew that he fired a shot back um, at Mesut Ozil. And, and it's not the first kind of little back and forward mess that's got involved in of late. That it's great entertainment for us, particularly at a time like this. But I just thought that was, uh, that was interesting. Um we're talking about it. So that reporter got his job done. He managed to get a reaction. Right. Let's go to some of your questions. Louis Robson says, what do we do with our strikers? Oba and Laka, whose contracts are up soon. Do you extend them or sell them for money? As for Oba, if he doesn't get goals soon and doesn't perform, then what next? I think uh, I've said it time and time again. My, my opinion hasn't changed. I do believe that, that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will get back to goal scoring ways sooner rather than later. Not worried about that in the slightest. I think he's proven throughout his career he can score goals at the top level. He's proven throughout his Arsenal career as well. As I always say, this is the first real blip of any significance that we've seen uh, from Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I think we'll get we'll get our main man back uh, sooner rather than later. So at this moment, I'm not panicking about that just yet. Uh, with the lack of thing, of course, his contract expires at the end of next season. So I do feel uh, like Arsenal need to make a decision on Alexander Lacazette before the end of this season. If not before then, then definitely at the end of the season. Do you then try and move him on? Do you keep him uh, for another season? Do you potentially offer him an extension? Remains to be seen. We're going to have to wait and see. But um, yeah, it's a, it's an area that the club need to be aware of. You know, when, when you're talking about the striker situation, at the Emirates Stadium right now. It's not just about those two, is it? You know, we're talking about following Balogun, potentially um, moving on as well. Um, is is something going to happen with that? Is he going to commit his future to Arsenal? It doesn't feel that way at the moment. It feels very much like he could be on his way. Um, so do Arsenal then uh, look at bringing in a potential 
uh, another forward potentially in the summer because, you know, I'm sure they'll have their views on whether Eddie Nketiah is good enough to step up. And, you know, it's, it's an area of the team, like many areas actually, which is the worry, uh, that needs need reviewing and needs um, needs a bit of TLC and love and care. And we're going to have to see uh, on that. But, yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I expect Oba to get back to to his ways of of scoring goals and and influencing games and dragging us over the line at times. Lacquer's playing quite well at the moment, but as I said, you've got to wait um, and see how he does this season for me. And at the end of the season, that's when the decision has got to be made. I think for now, he's doing a really good job. He's linking up brilliantly with the youngsters and he's had a really positive influence. So, yeah. Uh, going back to the goalkeeper thing, Jashar says he would try for Fraser Forster. Interesting option, that. Um what else have we got here? Uh, Ross says, uh, big overhaul in the midfield needed, Harry. We need to move away from Xhaka and Elneny. Sabayos will be gone and Willock and Nelson aren't good enough. Um, I slightly disagree with you on the Xhaka bit. I still think he could do a job. I agree with the Elneny comment. I agree with the Sabayos comment. And I agree that neither Willock or Nelson are, are good enough for the long term at Arsenal. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, we've just had another member join us. Uh, a massive thank you to Tim Neighbour for signing up. Tim, thank you so much, mate. Really, really appreciate your support. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you're joining us late and you're interested in the Chronicles of Aguna membership scheme and what it all entails, click on the link in the description. It'll take you to the page, give you an explanation. And if you wish to do so, you can sign up, become a member and become part of our community Um Obviously, we're a wider community with everybody, but um, we've got a Discord server where we all talk about Arsenal throughout the day. Uh, you'll get access to some membership perks as well as access to that server if you decide to become a member. So please check that out if you haven't already. No no pressure, uh, but if you could do it and you do want to do it, then of course, we welcome you with open arms and uh, thank you for your support. Thank you, uh, Tim. Um, what have we got here? Uh, people talking about the Mesut Ozil comments, shots fired, classic Jose, etc, etc. Subigya says, Harry, do you think we will get a new right back this summer? Given the fact we currently have three right backs and Arteta likes Bellerin quite a lot. I don't, um, I don't think that's an urgent position in Mikel Arteta's eyes. I think he sees Hector Bellerin as one of the leaders of the, of the club. Whether you agree with that or not is another matter. And I'm sure we'll discuss that at another point. But in Mikel's eyes, I'm sure he has faith in Bellerin. Um, obviously he's got Cedric there who joined, who signed with a three year contract. And then you've got Ainsley Maitland-Niles still around the club who could fill in there. Callum Chambers could potentially play there when he regains full fitness. So I think Mikel's got options um, in the right-back position. And I don't think that will be very high up the priority list. No, I don't. Um, thank you for your question. Um, just picking something out. Um, Don Saki says he doesn't think Aubameyang will come back to form. He's not getting any younger and he's lost a step. I think that's a, that's a really harsh assessment of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I think, I think the guy's out of form. Um, and, and for me, it's as simple as that. I mean, people talk about him having uh, very few touches in games, being uh, largely uninvolved. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has always been like that. 
This guy is not Thierry Henry. He's not going to pick up the ball on the left wing, drift in field, go past three, four and bend one into the top corner. That's not Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, but an informed Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, when you give him a chance in front of goal, he will take it. Um, and and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has, has really carried this club on his back for, for so long that I just feel like now he's having a bit of a dip. The amount of people that are turning on him just feels a little bit too much for me. It feels a little bit over the top. Look, and I always refer to his goal-scoring record since joining the Arsenal because I think... When you're talking about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, don't talk about the number of touches he has. Don't talk about um, the link-ups. Don't talk about any of that because that's not Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's game. Talk about what Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is in the side to do, and that is to score goals. 76 goals in 127 Arsenal appearances. That is a phenomenal record. Um, and that gives me the confidence uh, that he will uh, get back to to being the Pierre Emerick Aubameyang that we all love. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Pratyush, one of our members, brings up the the conversation regarding Partey and Besuma as a potential pairing. Yeah, I do think it would be flat. I, I, I kind of alluded to that, um, and alluded to the fact that that I I don't, as Harry Land pointed out in the comments as well. Um, I don't feel as though they would necessarily complement each other. I feel the pair are too similar. Um, but if you're talking about bringing someone in to potentially be a backup um, to Thomas Partey, then I think Bissouma would be a good option. Yeah, providing the price is right. And that's the key here. When buying from fellow Premier League clubs, you know that you're going to pay over the top. People talk about this Premier League proven thing, and I get all of that. But how much is that worth in terms of monetary value? Is it worth an extra 10, 15 million that you might have to pay? That's what you've got to weigh up. That's what you've got to decide. Um, big hello to Avishek. He says, hi, Harry. Big up from India. Been a fan since 1996. I would still let go of Laka in the summer and would like youngsters to challenge or Edouard from Celtic. Thoughts? Um, I can't make a call on Lacquer at this point in the season. It's too early for me. Um, as I said, I think a decision does need to be made in the summer, but that decision cannot be made in January for me. I just feel like it's too early. Um, I think that, and, and maybe it's just me being optimistic, but I think since some of those youngsters have broken into the side, and I'm talking about Martinelli, I'm talking about uh, Emil Smithrow, I'm talking about Bukayo Saka being played in his correct position, I think that Alexander Lacazette has come to life again. So could it be that this whole time he just didn't have the right supporting cast around him? Um, I think over the course of the rest of this season, we'll be able to make that judgment and then decide uh, whether or not he is uh, worthy of a new contract or whether he's someone that we should be looking to move out of the door. Um, Otsone Edouard from Celtic is somebody I'd, I, I'd, I've admired for a while. Much like I was making the point about Buendia and the, the step up from the Championship to the Premier League, I'd always be wary of the step up from the Scottish Premier, Premiership. Uh, to the Premier League as well, because that is a, ma a major jump up in quality. I know Kieran Tierney's done it um, and he's done it fantastically well. But people were talking about Kieran Tierney as a really, really special talent for a while. And it was clear that the, the you know, the ability was there, the hunger was there, the desire was there. 
with Edward, he scored a lot of goals at Celtic and he's made a really, really good impression. But there are question marks now around his commitment. And I know that maybe he's probably fed up wants to leave Celtic. I understand uh, from some of the work I've been doing earlier in the, uh, uh, sorry, at the back in the last year, that um, that Odsone Edouard made it clear in the summer that he wanted to move on from Celtic. But there was very much this uh, pressure from the club to to stay uh, to to stay with them so they could win their tenth title in a row, which by the way looks like it's going to absolute shit. Um, you know, and and now that looks like it's not going to happen. I think that Otsone Edouard is uh, growing frustrated. And I think you're probably seeing that in his performances. So yeah, he's a player I'd consider. But again, for me, at a time like this, when Arsenal uh, have a real issue with finance, it is about wheeling and dealing. It is about doing the business that we feel is uh, not just going to benefit the team, but is of the best value in the uh, in the summer window. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, a player I like, but again, can we make it work? Can we do the financials? I think just from, you know, my general view, and again, um, this is not any inside information, but I do think, again, just similar to the, the Norwich point that I made the other day, Arsenal should be able to bully Celtic into selling. If Arsenal is still the big major powerhouse, uh, major club, big, powerful uh, institution that, We've been for years and years and years. They should be able to bully Celtic into selling him like they bullied Celtic into selling Kieran Tierney, I think. Because I think Kieran Tierney, looking at him now, is worth way more than 25 million or whatever it was that Arsenal paid for him. But Celtic financially are not very strong. The Scottish Premiership as a league is not very strong. Um, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just mean in comparison to the English Premier League. And I think that we we turned the players' head and we bullied them into doing it. And if you really want Otsune Edouard, then you've got to do that. You've got to do that. You've got to get in Edouard's head because we we know, as I've said, or it's a, it's pretty, uh, I think it's pretty clear and it's pretty obvious that he doesn't want to be there anymore. So how do you tempt him away? First, you turn his head, then you go and uh, put a bid and then you let him uh, apply pressure to the club from his side as well. And that is how you get these deals done. Sounds horrible. It sounds a little bit um, ungentlemanly, but that's how football works at the top level. You unsettle people. You go and put bids on the table You cook that you know are not going to get accepted. But in doing that, you wind them up. You you start the ball rolling. You, you light a match, essentially, um, in that player's head about their future. And there you go. Nine times out of ten, if you do it right, you're going to get um, you're going to get what you need. Um, and you're going to get the desired outcome that you want. Let's move on to some uh, more of your comments. Uh, big hello to uh, Graham uh, joining us in the chat. Um, big hello to Daruv, who's just joined us. Um, Lenny Braithwaite, going back to what we were discussing right at the beginning of the show uh, with regards to Rob Holding's uh, contract. He says, Holdings' new contracts come too soon. Could have done it a year from now. Another panic decision. Yeah, I said that, didn't I, a couple of days ago, that um, with his current deal still having until 2023 to run, I felt like it was a little bit maybe premature. Um, but, yeah, um, the club obviously feel now's the time to do it. Um, I think this was about Rob Holdings, a representative, probably pushing for him to... Um, 
you know, yeah, he's only got the one extra year guaranteed to what he already had. But I think it was about bringing him up to a level playing field in terms of his salary with some of the other players who are getting a similar amount of game time, who play a similar role in the squad. I genuinely believe that these contract talks were driven by that rather than the length of the contract that he currently had. Um, in which case you can understand why they've had to do it. Uh, Andreas asks, Harry, do you believe Arsenal made the same mistake uh, with Ozil? Uh, do you believe Arsenal made the same mistake with Aubameyang as they do with Ozil based on his performances since he signed the contract? No, I don't, because I feel like in, <laughs> in Mikel Arteta's mind, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is a key part of his plans. He's a key player for him. He's someone that he, he was desperate to keep in the summer, spent a lot of time working on him to get him to commit uh, his future to Arsenal Football Club. Whereas in Mikel Arteta's eyes, I actually think, and he, he will never say it, but I actually think the Ozil thing was kind of taken out of his hands. I think the club uh, made their stance clear on Ozil for reasons outside of football. And then a combination of that and Mikel Arteta's plans led to him not being part of the side anymore. I think Aubameyang remains part of the plans. I think Aubameyang, as I've said already, has proven throughout his career that he's a top goal scorer and someone with a lot of ability and a lot of use. And for that reason, um, I I believe that that we were right to give Aubameyang the deal. We Look, cast your mind back to, to when Aubameyang signed that deal, right? And, and it's obviously it's easy to look back at things in hindsight and say, oh, you know, actually we shouldn't have done this or we should have done that. Every single one of us as Arsenal fans would have been up in arms and absolutely livid with the club had they not uh, got Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to sign a new contract. We'd have been absolutely livid because we all recognised at the time that he was so, so important to us, our key player. And um, yeah, and, and I, I would say the same about the Ozil thing. You know, we just lost Sanchez and then Ozil signed that contract. And at the time, all of us were like, yeah, good. At least we've managed to tie down one of them. But then a few years later, it hasn't necessarily worked out. And, and again, as I say, hindsight is a beautiful thing. But, you know, when, when you talk about those big decisions with regards to the contracts of the likes of Aubameyang, the likes of uh, Mesut Ozil, the best way to judge it is to, to cast your mind back to the time it happened and what you were feeling then. And then you can decide whether the club made a mistake or not. Um, or, you know, it, mistakes will, will come because things sometimes just don't work out uh, the way you want them to. But cast your minds back to those particular times that I've just mentioned, when Ozil signed that contract extension, when Aubameyang signed his... At the time, when you heard those announcements, how were you feeling? If you were feeling positive about it, then you can forgive the club for also feeling the same. That's that's my uh, take on it. Uh, we've got another member join us. Thank you so much uh, to Carrie Tanninen. Uh, thank you so much for signing up to the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube uh, scheme. Uh, really, really appreciate your support. If you're listening on the audio, you can come over to YouTube. Um, and you can uh, subscribe to the channel here as well, and you can become a YouTube member uh, from which you will receive uh, some perks uh, and, of course, access to our Discord server as well as some other bits and pieces, um, like priority on the phone-in and a few other things as well. Um, so if you want to check out the proposition, click on the link in the description below. Right, uh, let's check in uh, before we move on on the likes. While I do that, 
fill up the chat box with where it is you're joining me from i'd love to give you guys a shout out uh love seeing where it is that you guys are uh tuned in from as well um so i'm gonna do a couple of bits i'm gonna get your locations give you a shout out and i'll probably pick out one more question as well uh before we lock off today's uh live stream so get in the chat box do your thing um right Let's check in on where we are in terms of likes at the moment. I can see uh, that at this present moment in time across the multiple platforms, there are over 300 of you watching us live. And in terms of likes on YouTube, that is, we have got 88. Let's get it up to 150, 262 of that 300 are watching us on YouTube right now. Uh, so it only takes what? three quarters of you uh to get us to 100 and uh, 150 likes if you haven't done that already uh, please do so it really really does help uh the stream it really does help the channel as well and i'm really appreciative of uh, your support it's free doesn't cost you a thing uh, you can click on it while you're still in the video you can subscribe if you haven't already as well uh, while you're still in the video too right let's uh, let me i'm just going to take one more question um, from J04, and then I'll give you guys some shout outs. Uh, so keep your locations coming in the live chat. Uh, J04 says, do you think Arsenal can win the Europa League? Yeah, I do. Um, one of the interesting things about Mikel Arteta, for all the criticism he's had, I think he's shown that he is a cup manager. I think that there are managers like that who are better suited uh, to cup competitions, to one-off game plans. Um, and I think Mikel has shown a little bit of that since he since he took the reins at the Emirates Stadium. So um, my view on, on whether Arsenal can win the Europa League, yeah, of course. I mean, we've got a difficult tie coming up against Benfica. Could have certainly uh, had easier, uh, easier opposition at this stage in the competition, round of 32. Uh, but we're going to take on Benfica, uh, a team who I believe we can beat, by the way. Uh, you know, I'm not going into it necessarily fearful i'm wary of what benfica can do i'm wary of their quality but i'm not fearful of it um so in answer to your question yeah i think arsenal can uh can win the europa league but i think arsenal are one of a number of candidates who can win the europa league so uh it's going to be uh it's going to be an interesting competition of course the draw plays a huge part in all of that as well doesn't it what's your route like um is it a favorable one um <laughs> you, you get the feeling that um haven't drawn Benfica in the round of 32 in the knockout stages this time around. It might not be our year. Um, but, you know, the year we we um, we got to the final under Unai Emery, we played Napoli, we played Valencia, and then we got knocked out last year by Olympiacos. So the draw doesn't mean everything, but it obviously it, it gives you a, a far uh, better chance if, if the draw... Uh, comes out in a favourable way. So, yeah, I do believe Arsenal can win the Europa League. And I do believe that given our struggles in the Premier League so far this season, if um, we get to a certain point in the season, perhaps Mikel may, uh, sorry, get to a certain part in the season and we're still not there or thereabouts uh, for the Europe European places in the league, Mikel may prioritise that and may turn his focus to that. Right. Um, let's give a big shout out to Talal Ashur joining us from Saudi Arabia, to Carrie from Espo in Finland, to Patrick in South Africa, uh, to Usman Sonko from the Gambia, uh, to Nino in Ireland, uh, to Keroy in St. Vincent, to the Somerset Guna, who's, of course, in Somerset. <laughs> uh 
Oh God, I've lost it. God, I've lost it. Too many comments. Where is it? Uh, there we go. Somerset Kuna. There he is. Uh, the roof is in Wakanda, apparently. Let me know what it's like there. Uh, Don Saki is in Toledo, Ohio. Um, Pratish Gupta is in New Delhi, India. Uh, LK says you're too hopeful. Probably talking about my uh, uh, my um, my Europa League comments. Uh, Osman Ali is in South London. Um, Alejandro is in Brooklyn, New York. Now Lewis is in the Hudson Valley, New York. Uh, LK is in Peterborough. Uh, v Rogues in Bermuda. Subigia is in Nepal. Uh, thank you all for tuning in uh, to this live edition of the podcast. If you're a new member, um, there is a new link in the community tab for the Discord server. That Discord server link for some annoying reason, expires every 24 hours. So I have to put a new one in. I did one this afternoon. So if you haven't joined the Discord server and you're a member, that's the link you want. Hit the button, uh, come into the chat. Let's have a good uh, good chat about Arsenal and uh, the, some of the members only content. Uh, so a big thank you to every single one of you. Uh, shout out to Tim Neighbour who joined us this evening as a member. Uh, join us from Exeter in Devon to Charles Joseph. I don't read. Um, I can't read that. Apologies. Um, and of course, to Louis in Sunderland. We'll be back tomorrow with more Arsenal related content. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. And until next time, ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler. And you're listening to Harry Simeon.